Hi guys, and welcome back to Lily White Rose, The Stars of Tomorrow Today. John Wenham here, hope you're all doing well, and thanks for tuning in and downloading another episode. This pod can be downloaded on iTunes, Spotify, and across all major podcast providers. We're also on Twitter, at lilywhite underscore rose, at Instagram, lilywhite underscore rose, and Facebook, at lilywhiterosen17. Right, as we're already on episode 10 of this podcast, let's mark this show with a competition for our brilliant listeners out there. I feel this is becoming, you know, a real community already, which I love, and one of the main reasons I decided to do this pod uh, was interacting with all the listeners, um, and I get great questions every week. So to show how thankful I am for that, and for all joining me uh, in this podcast moving forward, I would like to um, offer a competition um, of a 21-22 Tottenham home away or third shirt uh, to one of our listeners. All you have to do to be in with a chance of winning uh, this shirt of your choice, I will DM the winner and ask for which shirt they would like, buy it from the Tottenham Hotspur shop and send it out to the post to you, is to retweet the pod once I put it out there, and then just post a screenshot below the tweet showing that you are a subscriber of at Lily White Rose, the podcast, and I will announce the winner on next week's show. So good luck, guys. I just wanted to give something back to the community who are obviously uh, enjoying the pod, retweeting the pod, and, and helping me get it out there to as many people as possible because it's been really positively received so far and I am very grateful for that. So yeah, let's get into the show and on this week's episode we have three great victories to look back on. One in particular I was fortunate enough to cover um, and that was the under 17 Premier League Cup match Tottenham Hotspur versus Arsenal at Hotspur Way. I'm sure you've all seen the score, I posted on Twitter about it enough but it was Tottenham Hotspur 9, Arsenal nil. I don't ever get bored of saying that. It was actually the second time in three years that I've seen us beat Arsenal by that scoreline um, at this level. So that was really, really good to see. We lined up for the game with Adam Hayton in goal, Brandon Brian Way, Alfie Dorrington, under-16s player Archie Chaplin, Max McKnight, Rio Kyra Mayton, Tom Bloxham, Jaden Williams, Jamie Donnelly, and two more under-16s in the squad in Samuel Amo Amior. And a first time I'd seen this player, um, he was playing up with our under-17s under for the first time, and that was Han W. King. Details for this Premier League Cup encounter have been very, very limited. You might have noticed that neither club's social media channels, um, Spurs official or Arsenal or Arsenal specialist, uh, Arsenal Academy Twitter channel, have posted any results about the game. Reason for this tends to be um, the number of schoolboy players that play. They don't want to really attract publicity to players before... Um, those players have signed maybe uh, contracts or scholarship contracts because they can very easily be poached away by other sides. So that's why you've not really seen anything. Obviously, I did post the, the goal updates and the, the team and stuff like that because people want to know how we got on, and especially with such a, an important North London derby game um, and also the morale around the first team at the moment, I thought it was important to try and give fans a lift. Um, and that is why I shared the details of who played and how we got on. In the game, it took Spurs just 30 seconds to race into the lead through Academy Year 1 player Jaden Williams. That lead was then doubled on two minutes as under-16s and England under-15 midfielder Samuel Amo Amior netted the goal. It was 3-0 on 22 minutes as under-16s player Han W. King netted. Samuel Amo Amior grabbed our fourth and his second on 31 minutes and then Jamie Donnelly let fly from about 30 yards for our fifth. It was a truly spectacular goal. So we went in at half-time, five goals up and putting on a show our first team could only dream of at the moment. The second half kicked off with Sam Amo Amior at it again as he completed his hat-trick grabbing our sixth. Han W. King then grabbed his second and our seventh before Rio Kairamenton got in on the act and scored our eighth. There was still time for Samuel Amio Amior to get his fourth and our ninth 
But unfortunately, the ref blew the final whistle before we could hit the number 10, despite the uh, crowd at Hotspur Way cheering on, we want 10. This was actually the second time, as I said, in three years we'd hit the Gooners for nine, and it was a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon. Uh, it was had by all on the white side of North London. Our under-18s were also in action on Saturday as they beat London rivals West Ham United by three goals to nil at Hotspur Way. We took the lead as Jamie Donnelly matched Mac McKnight's long ball out from the right flank over his shoulder before chipping advancing West Ham goalkeeper from just outside the area. It was 2-0 on 24 minutes as Donnelly's through ball caused problems for centre-back Caelan Casey of West Ham United with Williams needing no second invitation to run on and slot home. The West Ham keeper did well to block from Williams' shot on the turn just before half-time, while Ronaldo Taraj let the, left the frame of the goal shuddering the right-footed shot from the left-hand corner of the box that smacked off the underside of the crossbar away from danger in stoppage time at the end of the first half. There was a flurry of bookings at the start of the second half as the intensity of the game went up a notch, but it was the cool-headed Timfilo Tolato who made a vital save from West Ham substitute Gideon Kawada at close range to prevent the Hammers from getting back into the tie. That proved crucial, as four minutes later we bagged our third to put clear daylight between the sides. Rio Kairamenton heading in Dante Casanova's corner. West Ham keeper did manage to keep her left hand to it, but couldn't quite keep the ball out. West Ham still pressed forward, and it needed a great last-ditch tackle by Will Andy Japan to prevent West Ham from getting a goal back. But the visitors' task was made harder on 68 minutes, when West Ham player Falassi was sent off after collecting his second yellow card. West Ham forward Kuda was a real threat throughout, he forced Lotelata into another excellent save on 78 minutes before dragging a shot across the face of the goal and wide in the closing stages. But the final chance of this encounter went to us as Alfie Dorrington headed Dante Casanova's free kick over the bar and added time. This was a really good win for our under-18s. Uh, West Ham have started the season well, so I was delighted that we did manage to pick up this 3-0 victory. Under-18s coach Stuart Lewis was delighted with the outcome, saying, I'm really pleased for the players. I think it was thoroughly deserved. The work ethic and desire was evident throughout the game and in both boxes we were very, very good. Which we've been speaking a lot about to the lads over the last few weeks, so it's been a really good day. Obviously, whenever West Ham play Tottenham, it's always going to be a lively encounter. And I thought the boys stood up well to that. They stuck together and they also showed moments of real composure and quality when it was needed. This was the key for us today, matching that intensity and showing even more than that. And then also bravery and courage, which we've spoken about regularly. There's been some tough moments at the beginning of the season, but I feel that now the players' training ethic during the week is being translated into matches a bit more. We are a young group, but we still have high standards and high expectations. The players are all working hard, and to be finishing the game with nine first years or younger is testament to everyone's work, and I'm looking forward to seeing everyone push on in the next few weeks. On the side's first clean sheet of the season, Stuart added, We've worked hard on the importance of defensive principles, so for the boys to then apply that in London Derby today and to come out with a clean sheet is a massive boost for the group as a collective. Not just the defenders, but the whole team with their work ethic to defend from the front, make blocks and work hard on concentration without the ball. I thought as a collective, it was probably our best performance for 90 minutes today. Our game for that fixture, start, we started with Timothy Lowe to Lata in goal, Max McKnight at right back, William Andy Yapan at left back, a defensive back three of Dante Casanova, who wore the captain's armband, Alfred Dorrington and Chaplin, Callon Hazeman, Rio Kairamantum, Jamie Donnelly, Ronaldo Taraj and Jamie Donnelly up front. Just on these games and something that Stuart Lewis picks up there that I wanted to let you listeners in on. Now, this year, you know, some of our results, I think of the loss at Birmingham, the loss to Chelsea. What people seem to forget is we are playing with a lot of year ones this year. And what I mean by that is a lot of the scholars who were in last year's group, um, it was quite a small group, I think it was around 10 players. 
they're just sort of unavailable for this group. So you've got like Dane Scarlett, who trains for the first team, Alfie Divine, who plays with the under-23s. Roshan Mafurin and Jordan Hackett both have long-term injuries. So you're seeing a, a lot of that group just simply an, are not available. So we're playing a lot of first-year scholars and more than we've ever done before. And this will hold the players in good stead as they move up the age groups at Tottenham Hotspur because they're regularly playing against teams with mostly second-year scholars in. Uh, the only ones we're using regularly are uh, Dante Casanova and Callon Hazeman, and they are two of the weaker players of the group. So, yeah, so we're not really seeing a lot of, a lot of those opportunities afforded to the second years um, because they are either playing up older age groups or, unfortunately, suffering from injuries. The other one who just doesn't seem to get in a look-in at all is Ollie Turner. He's a second year. I'm not really sure what's going on with him. He just doesn't seem to be selected at all. Um, and he's one of those players that, that maybe I don't see getting a professional contract uh, next June and probably will be released because he's just not getting any game time at the moment. The 23s were back in action on Monday night as they took on Derby County at Stevenage Islamic Stadium. They lined up for the fixture of Josh Olawayemi in goal, Callum Cisse, Marcel Lavinia, Marcus Murr, Toby Amole, Harvey White, Dylan Markandi, Niall John, Jack Clark, Dane Scarlett and Alfie Devine in the lineup. I was really pleased to see Dane Scarlett get some more minutes. He did only do half, till half-time, um, but it was good for him to playing you know I'm not really a fan of this train but don't play policy so I was pleased to see him drop back in and play with the 23s the game had barely got started when fullback Marcel Lavinia sent Lyle John roaming forward and after getting himself in a, into a shooting position on the edge of the box the midfielder hammered into the far bottom corner on his right foot to give us an early lead Max Burdell put a header just over for Derby but it was soon 2-0 as a fine crossfield pass from deep by Jack Clark sent Dylan Markandi racing forward on the right he cut inside before drilling inside the near post on his left foot from 18 yards out. Devine's dangerous cutback was well held by goalkeeper Harrison Fawkes for Derby at the near post, with Dane Scarlett and Mark Candy waiting to pounce in the middle, while Marcus Merck's fierce shot from inside the box was somehow cleared off the line in the wake of Harvey Elliott's free kick. Derby County grabbed the lifeline on 27 minutes when Connor Dixon found space on the right, and his cross was turned in by Luke Plange, the former Arsenal Academy player, from 10 yards out. But we continued to get into good positions, Clark and Devine both threatening only for Folks in solid form in the Derby goal. Derby had a handful of chances in the opening exchanges of the second half, Plange twice and Jordan Brown going close, while half-time substitute for us, Iago Santiago Alonso, just couldn't quite convert Dilamar Candy's low cross. In amongst all that for us, as the frequent nature of the game continued. There was a similar situation just after the hour mark with Niall John hurling himself at an Alfie Devine cross in front of goal without managing to steal the ball on target, while Marcus Murr blocked Brown's free kick from within our wall, one of a handful of important defensive interventions from the centre-back during the second period. Mark Andy saw a couple of shots from the right angle repelled, but we finally saw our third goal till the game on 77 minutes. Santiago won the ball in an advanced position and laid it down to the right to Dylan Mark Andy, his cutback found Alfie Devine and the midfielder turned and lashed an unstoppable shot into the top corner from six yards out. White might have added his name to the score sheet with a late run into the box, but his well-struck attempt was matched by the Derby County keeper. After the game, under-23's coach Wayne Burnett reflecting said, We played some good football with high energy and enthusiasm. We got into some good areas again and took our goals well with some good individual play. Their goalkeeper made some very good saves and they all had some good chances as well. It wasn't an easy game. It was always competitive. It's always competitive against Derby, but overall, I felt we deserved the win. We were in control, but at two-one, it's a scoreline where the game can change very, very quickly. Derby got a little bit of momentum in the second half. When we got the third goal, I felt we took more control of the game and dominated the ball a little bit better. It was a really pleasing performance. 
Now to move on to this week's loan update. Cameron Carter-Vickers completed 90 minutes for Celtic in their 1-1 draw with Dundee United. Papamate Saar started for FC Metz as they picked up a vital 2-1 away win to Brest in the French League. Troy Parrott won and scored a penalty in a 1-0 victory for MK Dons over Wickham and then last, uh, last night started and laid on an assist for MK Dons in their 3 draw. Keon Tete came on as a sub for Northampton as they drew 2-2 away to Salford. Jamie Bowden was an unused substitute for Oldham. Alfie Whiteman completed another 90 minutes for Daggerfors IF in Sweden. Janil Bennett started for Crew Alexandra away to Plymouth Argyle last night in a one-all draw. Now time for some of your listener questions this week. A friend of the show at Spiggy Tope asks, where does Ryan Mason's remit sit with regards to the academy ladder? What is his function? So after Ryan was our caretaker manager last season, he's now moved back to be the head of player development within the academy. He has an overreaching role between the under-17s and under-23s, so obviously works close with Wayne Burnett, the 23s manager, and under-18s manager Stuart Lewis, and will directly report to Dean Rastrick, the head of the academy set up at Tottenham. At Jagbassi10 asks, In your own opinion, does Dylan Mark Handy deserve to be above Dane Scarlett in the striker's pecking order? He's been on fire since the start of the season, and his goal versus Derby was outstanding. Um, it's a hard one. Obviously, look, we're more short of out-and-out strikers than we are um, attacking midfielders or right-sided midfielders in the senior setup. Um, but in the simple answer, if we had, you know, if we had the same number of competition in the senior squad, I would say yes. I think Dylan is in such good form right now. You mentioned the goal versus Derby, which was fantastic, and his numbers for the season are just incredible. It now reads seven in seven appearances, he's got five goals and four assists. They are phenomenal numbers. And although this is a youth show, I've got to say I was beyond disappointed that he wasn't involved against Moura last night. I thought that was an opportunity for him as a minimum to be on the bench. The fact that he wasn't even named on the bench, I do find really concerning. At BK underscore THFC asks, what has happened to Malachi Walcott? It feels like he's fallen out of favour. And what is your opinion about Jamie Donnelly? Could he be the new Kane? Uh, so just firstly on Walcott, I just think we have loads of really talented centre-backs at the moment. Um, and they're all fighting for a share of game time. We have, obviously, Walcott, as you said. We've got Tobia Mole, Marcus Murr, Maxim Paskotsky. Brooklyn's lines Fosto has now moved to defensive midfield, probably owing to the number we have at the back. So I imagine we'll see more of Malachi in the coming weeks. Um, I imagine he also probably hang around this season, thinking he might get some opportunities in the Europa Conference League. But if that isn't going to happen with us having Roden, Romero, Sanchez, Dyer, and even Tanganga that can play centre-back in the first team, he should certainly head out and look for a loan in January because he's a hugely talented player. On Jamie Donnelly, he's an amazing prospect. He just keeps scoring every time he plays at the moment. He's such a powerful unit of a player for only 16 years of age. His potential ceiling is very, very high, and he's one I'm certainly looking out for watching in the coming years ahead. I do think he's a special talent. At Leaf Saxo asks, what is the biggest thing our academy can improve on? For me, it would be not keeping on players for too long that are obviously not going to make it with Spurs. It's something we really struggle with over the years. We keep on multiple goalkeepers that just never get a game. At the moment, we've got several players in the under-23s that just don't ever play, the likes of Rafferty Pedder, um, Jeremy McKindy, um, Kakber, Kurlowicz. Um, these guys just don't get any game time at all. And I just feel like, had they not been in the squad, um, maybe... Younger players would have the opportunity to train with the 23s a little bit earlier, and I think that's good experience for them. At Peter Mazgay asks, Any idea why Luca Gunter not playing for the under-16s? The sub-goalkeeper, Krasnicki, is presumably an under-16. 
Hi Peter, thanks for the question. Yes, Luca Gunta unfortunately picked up a really bad wrist injury whilst on international duty with England, and that is likely to keep him out for some time. Krasnicki is the under-16 goalkeeper, as you say, and he has been involved with the under-18s in their matchday squads a lot this season. At Jill Lewis 33 asks, which players would I like to see get a chance in the Europa Conference League? Um, I was obviously delighted to see Dane Scarlett start last night, and I would have liked to have seen many, many more. The likes of Dilamar Candy, Harvey White and Niall John, um, and obviously Paskotsky and Divine are not registered, but I would have liked to have seen them play. I've been quite disappointed with the use of our academy players in our first two Europa Conference League games. My good friend at Lee McQueen asks, why do you think we haven't used the Europa Conference to develop the youngsters in the first team squad? I think we will certainly see that more as the group stage commences. I think the first fixture uh, away to Rennes was a very, very challenging game. Rennes obviously played in the Champions League last group in a really good group with Seville and eventual winners Chelsea. So I think we were always going to go relatively strong for that. And it may be an unpopular opinion, but I think the point secured away to Rennes was actually a really decent result. Um, but I was disappointed, Lee. I can't lie with the lack of youngsters involved last night. And I was really disappointed with that triple substitution of bringing on Kane, Son and Lucas. Um, you know, could we not have just brought on maybe two of those three and also brought on a Harvey White or um, when we subbed off Regulon with 10 minutes ago, couldn't we have brought Toby Amole on for one up? I hope moving forward uh, in the competition, Lee, we do see much more of our younger players involved because it's a great opportunity for them. Hopefully, if we can get a win out in Vitesse in the next game, then we'll sort of already be on our way to being qualified and then we can look to blood some of the younger players later on in the competition. Because I know, for example, Harvey White turned down multiple and numerous loan opportunities to stay around at Tottenham till at least January um, in the knowledge that he would get some game time and that obviously hasn't happened thus far. At K Coloni asks, who do I see as genuine first team prospects at the moment? Skip and, Jaff and Jaffet are making good progress. Should we trust our youngsters more? I think Nuno is in between a rock and a hard place at the moment. He needs results. He's already under a lot of pressure. Um, so it's kind of difficult to drop young players in at the moment. But obviously the Europa Conference League and maybe the Carabao Cup are a good opportunity to do that. I think that Carabao Cup game at Burnley will be interesting because Burnley haven't actually got that many senior players. They always rotate in the cup competition. So I think that could be a good opportunity for some of our younger players to play. Ones that I think could be genuine first team players. I think Maxim Patskotsky and Dylan Markandi are probably two of the most ready to step in now and not let the first team down if called upon, along with the likes of Niall John, Alfred Devine and Dane Scarlett. If we can build up some momentum and positive results under Nuno, then hopefully he'll start to involve the youngsters a little bit more moving forward. That's it for this week's pod. Thanks again for listening. Please do retweet the pod, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. It really helps to get the pod out to as many people as possible. That means we can continue doing these throughout the season. Sorry if I couldn't get to your question this time round. I'll get it answered on the next pod. And good luck in the shirt competition I mentioned earlier. As always, guys, the future's bright. It's Lily White.